and by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad you're with us. We are live and in person today on this February 21st, 2022. Hope you're doing well. We're getting very close to Lent, uh, down to, I think, about uh, nine days before Lent starts uh, next Wednesday. So it seems like it's taking forever for Lent to arrive. I'm ready. Let's bring it on. But, uh, uh, my name is Dave Palmer and we got a busy studio. Cecil Anderson is here in studio, North Texas assistant. Still getting used to that title. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure if I like only, that. Uh, well, I, there's not much I can do I, about this, Dave. I'm sorry. We need another title for you. Okay. Cecil, connoisseur right? of hats. Yeah. <laughs> well, go. yeah, that kind of, you got to fit I mean, that it, out. It fits it because I wear many hats around here and I wear many hats. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a double meaning, right? Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that should be, yeah. 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 And making her triumphant return, uh, Diane Xavier is behind the glass. Hello. producing the show. Hey, Diane, good to see you. Good to see you too. And uh, delighted to have in studio. And this is kind of a spontaneous thing. Uh, one of our wonderful, wonderful volunteers who, for the past uh, seven weeks, has been well, most of those weeks, I think for the last three or four, has been going out visiting parishes for the first time, uh, giving talks and uh, selling raffle tickets. Uh, Mark Lowe from St. Patrick Parish in Dallas. Hey, Mark. Howdy. <laughs> a man a few words uh, actually that's not the case but uh, yeah mark's going to tell us his experience and i want to tell you in the first 20 minutes of the show we are going to be talking primarily two things car raffle because today is a very significant date uh with a car raffle uh and is it really uh, yeah, yeah it is there's three significant dates uh january 5th uh-huh. february 21st february 25th yes okay are. and i want you to explain the significance of those three dates two of them of course are past one is present and one is future. Uh, hey. The other thing we're going to talk about is a wonderful event that Cecil and I were blessed to go to uh, with our respective dates, so to speak. Uh, Cecil brought uh, one of her lady friends with her, and mm-hmm. uh, I brought my dear wife. It was the Catholic Foundation Award Dinner on Saturday night at the Anatole. And, uh, boy, we uh, it was great. So we're going to talk about that. We got some clips. We uh, had our little recorders with us, and uh, we uh, did some interviews uh, with uh, Dan and Lydia Novikov, who were awarded, uh, Matt Kramer, the president, and also the young man from Cistercian who won the high school junior award. I know that's not the exact title of it. <laughs> no. uh, they got a different title, right? They do. <laughs> okay. All right. So, anyways, welcome, everybody, and uh, thanks for being with us. And then at 20 after... Uh, we're going to be joined in studio by a wonderful lady by the name of Julia Wade, and she has a ministry at St. Joseph Parish in Richardson called Mary's Mantle, an outreach ministry for mothers who have suffered miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss, and they're having a free retreat at St. Joseph's on Saturday, March 26th. So that's still uh, about a month away if you want to make plans for that. And then I have to skedaddle, okay, at 40 after. All right. And uh, Cecil <laughs> is going to take over from there. And uh, got another c- cool topic uh, on the phone with us will be uh, Greg Signal, 
chairman of the St. Patrick Catholic Church. You probably don't even know about this, Mark. Uh, St. Patrick's Catholic Church Spring Festival. I totally know about it. You know about the festival. Well, you didn't know they were going to be on the air with us, right? No. You want to stay for that segment, or do you got to go? We'll see. <laughs> okay. A man non-committal. Okay, that's I thought all right. you might leave me to run the show after you leave. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, didn't you know that actually I also have to leave? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's still in here, can you finish yeah, the show, so, please? Yeah, someone, please. Uh, Janet uh, Grabinski, who I bet you you know, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. chair of the parish council of St. Patrick's Catholic Church. So they got this great event. It's like fun. It's spiritual. It's mass. It's confessions. You know, all kinds of uh, cool stuff. Food trucks, beer garden. And so that's going to be happening on March 12th, uh, Saturday, March 12th, just a few weeks from now. So anyways, that's the show. Let's get right to it. What do you want to talk about first, car raffle or Catholic Foundation? Uh, let's do car raffle, I car guess. Car raffle yeah. first? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's not worn out. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I was, like, I was like, yeah, let's do car raffle. I was like, no. <laughs> let's get that over I think over everyone with. listening right now is like, yeah, um, car raffle. <laughs> yeah, car raffle. All right, the, the significant dates, January 5th, yes. that was significant because... The kickoff. The kickoff show, first day of sales. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? It does. That's crazy. And it was. They were almost in March. So, yeah, seven <laughs> weeks ago. Uh, exactly, I think. Yes. And so we got but it the, happened so fast. It like, does. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Here we are at the go, end of it. It's like slow and fast at the same time. <laughs> right. How does that work? <laughs> so, yeah, March 5th, I mean, January 5th, we got on the year 8 o'clock, and uh, everything was still ahead of us. And I don't know. I, I really honestly don't know how we do it. We sell so many tickets. And I just remember 8 o'clock. On that Monday morning, just thinking, uh, we got, you know, we, we got thousands of tickets to sell, and I didn't know which priests were going to let us into their parishes to sell, or who were our volunteers. I don't even think we knew, Mark, that you were going to be a volunteer at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it all comes together. And so, uh, thanks be to God. And, uh, and the other important day, today's the last day of sales. So you have until midnight. Mm-hmm. Got to go online at this point, because yes. uh, we're pretty much out of tickets uh, here at the studio. I mean, they're, they, you know, we, we're kind of just scrambling to get everything done. Uh, and then Friday morning, February 25th, this Friday, 7 o'clock, live on the air, all of our radio stations, social media sites, the drawing will happen. <laughs> yeah, so That's very that'd be exciting. Sure. Yeah, 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 it is. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to be like listening with bated breath. Like, who won? Did I sell the ticket? Did I, do I, I know. know the person? You know, You've you never, never sold know. a winning ticket, have you? Okay, don't rub it in. <laughs> either way, <laughs> I haven't either. You, well, you, this, would th- you would think that we would have. Mark might, maybe Mark sold the f- winning ticket. Well, this... Will this be certified by Coopers and Librand? This <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As far yeah. as you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 right. yeah Something like that. So, uh, so Marks, you've been out the last mm. three or four weeks. You've been to St. Phillips. I forget all the different parishes you've been to. St. Martin of Tours and Forney and All Saints. Okay, All Saints week. Dallas. So, general impressions of being out there, getting up, giving talks, you know. I had a blast. Thing. So, you gave me a little script, and there's this little section in the middle that says, talk about a personal experience here. Yeah. And I pretty much shared the same experience that I've shared before, but but it actually moved people. They came up to me afterwards and said, hey, that was really impressive. All I told them was that I heard the, the rosary in the middle of the night at 4.30 in the morning years ago, yeah. and that it actually was instrumental in bringing me back to my faith after three-plus decades. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think people like you, sometimes it's more impactful, because I can get up there, oh, I'm the executive director, yeah. and, I, and I'll <laughs> often say, you know, a lot of people, and I'll say this most times, you know, a lot of people's lives have been touched by Catholic Radio, I'll say, you know, hardly a week goes by that I don't hear, you know, some testimony, mm-hmm. that's one thing, and you know, my life has been touched, but not as dramatically as yours, but it's another <laughs> thing for somebody like you to get up there and just say... I'm a volunteer. My life changed because of Catholic Radio. You mm-hmm. know, it's a big Absolutely. deal. Absolutely, yeah, that's cool. Well, I loved it. I enjoyed it every week. 
So it was funny, particularly you asked for a funny anecdote. I went to All Saints last week, and I went in there, and I was settled into the pew, expecting to deliver the announcement at the end, like most churches <laughs> uh-oh, do. Uh-oh. Yeah. And the priest gets up, and he's doing his announcements. He's like, wait a second, what's he doing? Uh-oh. And so then he says, and from Catholic Radio we have. So that was the first thing I said when I got up was, I was really expecting to give this at the end, you know. Yeah. But, after receiving I, Jesus, you exactly, know, after like, yeah. you know, being that. And that's on me, you know. I didn't communicate that well. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. My, my fault. Uh, I, yeah, I think Cecil probably should take some of the blame. Just oh, for, for no, for no particular reason. But we had Why a good not? time and yeah. it didn't influence anything. And Honestly, sometimes those little things do make it funny, though, and it makes mm-hmm. it more very authentic. You know, yeah. you know, I, I love visiting parishes. Yeah. I, I was out at Mary Immaculate Parish last night yes. uh, for the five o'clock mass, and you know, it's, it's it, you know, I just love it. The De- Deacon David was there, and he just like, "Hey, Dave, how you doing?" And you know, the the welcome, and I saw I, I ran into. Um, uh, just a, a number of people uh, that that uh, that I know. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just because radio is radio. I mean, right now I see three people, and there's you know who knows how many other people are are listening right now, but you don't see them. You don't get to shake their hand or give them a hug. But when you're out at the parishes, uh, you 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 get to mm-hmm. just that more you know kind of face to face you know with the the folks who are listening and making the radio possible so it's awesome and i was surprised at the people that come up and and just give donations oh yeah, yeah that I happens know. that happens mm-hmm. sometimes big donations and people have done $500 just that eh, don't want any tickets here's yeah. $500 <laughs> yeah. you're like okay You're thanks. Like, all right yeah. yeah i get to meet a lot of people i mean, I, I got like two testimonies over the weekend at Mary Immaculate uh, oh, Dave good. yeah so people who just one lady came up and she was just like i catholic radio is partially a big part of why i became catholic in the oh, last like two years and I was like wow that's really awesome and then uh, people had known when they say that the next thing we're going to say is I did and she wasn't interested in doing an interview but she she was like she wanted to be more in the background but I thought it was really cool to hear and then another gentleman uh, who's been a parishioner at Mary Immaculate for you know a long long time uh, since when he moved to the area and he also just says he has listens to Catholic Radio all the time he's a local police officer Mm -hmm. Um, so really really cool and also I like going to Mary Immaculate because that was my grandparents parish and uh, the Catholic Daughters for Christ were there the same weekend, you know, talking oh, yeah. about their um, yeah. uh, get recruiting. I think I got recruited, by the way. <laughs> I think I, oh, so, did uh, you to, sign a little form? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, but it was really sweet because my grandmother was part of that organization. She died like 13 years ago, but several of the ladies remembered her and had stories mm. to tell me about it. So it was yeah. really nice. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Diane went to, uh, I, I bet you there are people listening right now that are f- not familiar with this parish. Uh, I'm going to put Mark on the hot seat, okay? <laughs> Do you know uh, that there's a parish called Nuestra Senora? del Pilad in Dallas. As of five seconds ago, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that which would mean Nuestra Señora would be Our Lady of Pilar. Mm-hmm. Okay, obviously it's a it's a Spanish uh, parish. Only has one English mass. Diane went out there for the the one English mass yesterday morning. How'd it go, Diane? It went very well. It's such a beautiful parish, and people were just coming up to me, and Martin had to help me. Yeah, because we had quite a few people. Even though mass attendance wasn't as high as the Spanish mass, I mean, I got there. And the Spanish mass was going on, and I couldn't even find a place to park, so I had to, oh, I had wow. to park so across the street, so popular. do some yeah. shopping at Family Dollar, <laughs> and then after the Spanish mass is over, 20 minutes in, the parking lot opened up. They so. don't have the GRN reserve spot up in the front? <laughs> like, like, come on, I, I thought all parishes you were know, doing it, that. They're one of the newer uh parishes that have been built over the years yeah so beautiful oh really and, i've never and, been there yeah, yeah in fact one of our former volunteers for the spanish station elizabeth 
Reyes. Oh, Reyes, yeah. Yeah, she got married there, and like part of the GRN family came to her oh, wedding. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know. that. I, I, um, but, yeah, that, that's cool. I'm glad you had a good time there. And all thanks to, um, of course, uh, Father Alphonse at Mary Immaculate and uh, Father Joseph, uh, Father Joy Joseph at Holy Cross Parish in the Colony. We were out there as well. None of us, you know, here well, we, uh, went, but Steve and uh, Rob, our volunteers, were there. So thanks so much to him. And uh, oh, and St. Phillips, uh, where um, you know, yeah, Mark went in Dallas. So mm-hmm. Father Eduardo Gonzalez, who I think you had a, a conversation Absolutely. with as well. Uh, so those were the four parishes. But uh, all the parish talks are done. I think we did about thirty-two uh, in seven oh, weeks. Oh my goodness! That's gracious. about an average of about almost five. Oh my! Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so. And crazy. I was very happy last weekend to have the second highest ticket sales that weekend. There you go. <laughs> hey, to wear the badge with honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you can't help but get a little bit competitive. We, about we these have things, a slight right? competitive spirit going. Yeah, on, very, not, very, not me. Very. Some, some people, but not some me. Some people. It definitely doesn't come from the top <laughs> no. down at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about land that way. Well, uh, okay. Oh, so, uh, all right, let's move on to the Catholic Foundation yes. event. I'm looking at my my clock here. Twelve after now. This is the good news show. So Saturday. At at the Hilton Anatole, uh, they had the Catholic Foundation Award Dinner, and they've been doing this for decades. Yes. And every year, they award, you know, they, they find a, a person, a, a couple, sometimes it's even a group that they award the Catholic Foundation uh, Award to, and it's because of philanthropy and service to the local community. And it's, it's I've been to a, probably at least 10 of these, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy them. It's not a fundraiser. They're just there to honor them. In fact, we've got a clip from uh, 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 Matt Kramer here in a moment to talk about that. But uh, good event. I, I, oh, enjoy it was fantastic yourself? event. I had a lovely time. It's always a fun time. This is my second one. You had to take a year off last year, but I went two years ago. Uh, and it just, it's so awesome just to see that many Catholics in a room together just, you know, celebrating good works that have been done in the area. And also, you know, getting to talk about the Catholic Foundation. And they always just do such a great job of this mm-hmm. event. Yeah. Yeah. And I always feel like uh, I ought to just have like a little liner that says, thanks, Bill Kula, Director of Communications. <laughs> so we thank him so often. Yes, I mean, he was Can wonderful. we just have something that Diane pushes? Yeah, like, thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill Kuluf, <laughs> uh, Director of Communications and Marketing for the Catholic Foundation. Uh, and uh, I bet you he's listening. Not to put any, spa, any pressure on him, but uh, <laughs> he, he's a great guy. So he, he he's is. the one that, and, you know, Cheryl Mansour and uh, all the folks over there. Uh, Dorina, it was good to see her because yes. she's Irish and my wife is Irish. And mm-hmm. so these two wonderful Irish ladies got my, you. My date was partially Irish as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I think you were the only person in our little group that had no Irish. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. And I'm surprised we even talked to you. I know. I know. Let me in. I'm part Irish. There you go. Just about in. (laughs) All the Irish. Okay, I feel really Uh, left out now. (laughs) All right, so let's play some clips. We brought our little recorders, and uh, first one, Matt Kramer. Kind of. uh, Do we have my voice on there at the beginning, Dan? Okay, so this one kind of speaks for itself. Here's uh, my brief interview with Matt Kramer, president of the Catholic Foundation. That we're back, we're in person, and uh, things kind of feel kind of normal, doesn't it? It really does. It's it's great to see everybody back again, and to, especially to honor Dan and Lydia. They have been uh, nominated, I can't tell you how many times, probably way before I was ever joined the foundation. <laughs> and so they finally accepted, which it's it's an honor for us to be able to honor them. So we're very excited that they're here tonight. Yeah, I saw some of the statistics, and the, the foundation just keeps growing and growing and growing everywhere. This, this is uh, Last year was a record year, wasn't it? Just everything just keeps getting bigger and we, bigger. We have added a lot of new donors, but we've also added a lot of uh, new grants out. So 
it's uh, the last three years have been unprecedented. It's been really fabulous. People really stepped up in, in their giving. And as you know, people give through the foundation. So it's, we're very honored to be able to work with our donors. So. Yeah. This is a unique event. It's not a fundraising event. There's no you know, live auction and silent auction. It's, it's very different. Uh, what does this event mean to the foundation, and why do you all do it? Well, this, this, we're here to honor a couple or an individual that make a significant difference in our Catholic community that go above and beyond, and Dan and Lydia are... They epitomize that, frankly, and so it's a great opportunity to have people to celebrate Catholic philanthropy and community, uh, and have a good night, no auctions, no fundraising, <laughs> just to have some drinks and to make new friends. Yeah, I, I just love the crowd noise, just yes. that whole, you feel like you're there, don't you? The ambiance. Yeah, so he, he mentioned uh, Dan and Lydia, uh, those are the Novikovs, and uh, they were honored, and it was neat because they were up there. And Cheryl Monsoor, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and she's like best friends with Lydia, so and cool. she got you know, emotional, you know, introducing them. And I didn't realize uh, Lydia Novikov is from the Hager family. Uh, you know the Hager Slacks, and uh, a very you know a very um, significant family in the in the history of the, of the city of Dallas, and so yeah, she's so she's a Hager. But uh, I had a chance before the event. Bill Kula brought me in and uh, stood there with uh, Dan and Lydia, and did a brief interview with them about their big night. So had this is how that went. Oh, what an amazing night! What this means to you personally to have all these people here, you being the the honored couple. Uh, what, 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 uh, uh, what, what's going through your mind right now? Overwhelmed and grateful for the blessings we have received. And honestly, we feel like this is a celebration of the Catholic Foundation and Catholic philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to my next question. Talk about the Catholic Foundation, the ones honoring you tonight, and why it's important that uh, you have obviously been connected with them for many, probably decades. So well, what does the Catholic Foundation mean to you? Well, the Catholic Foundation does a great job in helping people identify the charities that they should be involved with for doing the due diligence. So they make gifting really easy. Uh, and they also uh, are uh, instrumental in helping you uh, plan your gift, uh, whether it be at tax or be uh, whatever it is you have in mind. They, they are the professional in the room, and I think uh, everyone owes it to themselves if they're going to give to make sure that they give wisely and that uh, they provide the stewardship for that gift. They can also follow up and make sure that the gift is being used uh, as, uh, as the donor wishes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lydia, you all would not be honored tonight if you haven't had not given back tremendously to the local community. Uh, why has it been important to you personally and as a couple to to give back? And I know we talked about this on the uh, the live show, but uh, uh, you know, well, the spirit of philanthropy. Why is it so important? Well, it's really what we've known through our lives, and um, as I said, we've been very blessed, and we feel like it's a responsibility or really an opportunity to say thank you and to share those blessings with others not quite as fortunate. Mm-hmm. Very generous and very involved. Yeah, and to think that they only get to pick one person or a couple each year, so this is this is pretty special. Well, it's very special, and like I said, it's a, it's a real honor, and it, we, we treasure this moment. And um, But again, we feel like we want to share this moment. 
All right, and when I arrived, Cecil was already sitting at a table doing an interview. I was already busy. Yes, so I got the opportunity to talk to this year's the 2022 Hal Tehan Scholar, uh, which was Luke Herta from Cistercian Preparatory School in Irving, which is really just a few minutes away from our studio. So it was really exciting to get to meet someone uh, from the school. And uh, they also got to honor last year's recipient as well. Um, Kind of a fun night. And he got up and he gave a really great talk, uh, a little like accepted speech for this award. Award. So the students who are uh, nominated by their schools get a $1,000 scholarship for the next year. And then the uh, winner it gets the $5,000 scholarship, which is pretty awesome. And uh, I talked to him briefly. And the, my first question I asked him was, like, you know, what was how did he find out and what was his reaction? So uh, Diane's going to play that clip of, to his response to that. I think it was about November, probably the middle of November. What happened is that my foremaster at Cistercian Preparatory School um, called me into the head of upper school's office, and he told me that I was nominated for this great honor, and I would be writing an essay, doing the necessary uh, requirements, making up a resume, uh, and I was very shocked but honored at the same time. It was a pretty big deal, and I was very excited, um, and also overwhelmed, but in the best way possible. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I talked to him about a couple of other things. Uh, He was a very impressive young man. I think you could say, Dave, but he came up, gave his little talk, but he also... um, uh, I asked him, I said, I wanted him to talk to the young people maybe that mm-hmm. might be tuning in and stuff like that about how he personally and how he could encourage others to keep their faith strong throughout the busy times of high school and into going into college. And this was his response. Well, I always am mindful that God is always present in my life. However, I also understand that sometimes you don't feel like God is there, even though he definitely is there. Um, I particularly think of one story when Mother Teresa um, had an interview, um, and she went in to church, I believe, um, into a church to pray. And the interviewer asked her, uh, what do you feel? And she said, I feel nothing. However, she was still aware that God was there. Um, And also, I I do think of God as orchestrating many events to happen in my life. Um, So I I really do. I pray every day. Um, I sort of have God in the back of my head all the time, right there, alongside me. And I always try to remind myself of that. So I think the optimum advice I would give is to remind yourself that God is there, even if it it doesn't always feel like he is there. Man, good questions. I know. Wow. <laughs> Great answers, right? I was going to ask him, what, what do you, was he looking forward to the dinner that night? And so, yeah, that, you, yeah I'm glad you <laughs> well, were interviewed. Oh, well, he was just so impressive. I was just, I asked him a couple questions and I was like, oh, I got to go deep here. Yeah, I'm really interested. Yeah. So he's very spiritually mature. It was a wonderful talk to Luke Herta. Um, so congratulations on winning. I love when they announced him. Um, yeah. His whole table of his, all his friends, they just stood up and she roared, you know, of, boys' lot, school. That's A happened. lot of Cistercian guys. A lot there. of Cistercian guys. So yeah. congratulations to them. It was great. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Yeah, those are two good questions. I know you, you, you probably had more from him, but we had to just kind of take the best of the uh, the sound bites from him. So congratulations to him. And again, thanks to everybody at the Catholic Foundation. It was a great event. I look forward to next year. And uh, we'll be promoting that. And you'll be hearing more about the Catholic Foundation in the days and months ahead. All right, this is the Good News Show. And we are now at 22 minutes after the hour. And we are going to change topics and, uh, uh, you know, speak with Julia Wade. And she is uh, the founder, I believe, of a uh, ministry. Okay, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, Julia. I have a feeling I might be wrong about this. Okay, an outreach uh, ministry for mothers who have suffered miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss. 
uh, called Mary's Mantle. So this is, uh, is this something that goes beyond St. Joseph Parish? And, and welcome. Thanks for being here. <laughs> um, thank you for having me, Dave. It's not... Um beyond St. Joseph Parish, okay. but there's three of us. There's oh, okay. We call ourselves the three mamas that put it together. <laughs> so um, a couple of my girlfriends and I, when we first met, realized that we all had similar um, loss of children, but all of it different stages. Yeah. Um, and so we thought maybe we could do something to help other people who have also suffered what we've gone through. Yeah. Are, are, would, would you like to tell us your own story or, uh, or what, what, how did this personally impact you? Um, well, my husband and I were married in 2012 and we were very open to life from the beginning. We wanted to have a big family and, um, we got pregnant within the first three months of marriage and we're super excited. Uh, but after seeing the heartbeat once at about six weeks, um, we saw that the heartbeat was gone at the eight week appointment. Um, and so it was, it was rough because we'd never been pregnant before. So we didn't know if that meant we were never going to be able to have the big family that yeah. we wanted. Um, and then that led to two years of just no pregnancy whatsoever, which was just very disheartening. Um, uh, so lots of confusion on top of that. Um, so now we have, um, four children that are alive we actually suffered another loss in between um numbers two and three so um we know that it's always a possibility but um after the loss of the first one um we just tried to be really open about it we um invited people over to calvary hill for a funeral um we had a little celebration of life for the baby we've named him his name is christopher mm. um and then uh, we did the same with um catherine when she came around um a few years later um and they're actually both now buried at saint joseph we have um father jason was awesome to donate a niche for babies lost at the dawn of life mm. um so it's free anyone can put their child there if they um decide that that's how they'd like to bury their their miscarried or um even a stillbirth baby yeah. mm -hmm. so this uh you and the, the other two ladies started yes. this group and uh what have y'all been able to do uh, i know has it been kind of put on hold the last couple of years with uh, COVID or, or what, what have y'all done the, the last day? We know? had one really awesome um, retreat uh, in 2019 and we were scheduled for our second in March of 2020. We all know how that went. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that yeah. one didn't happen, but we actually started off the ministry just having our um, email available if anyone wanted to like ask about how to bury their child or to just sit and chat with someone um, about, about, their miscarriage or even just be with someone who has also lost a child just because if, a lot of people don't know what to say mm -hmm. um, to people who have lost a child. We've had some really rough things said to us. Um, I had a, someone one t once tell me, though, maybe you weren't ready to be a mother. Huh. And so it's yeah. they did not mean to yeah. be hurtful, but it was. But so if you're just sitting with someone who has also had a similar loss, they're not going to say things like that mm -hmm. to you. Um, and so you could just be talking about anything and just feel comfortable knowing that you're in the same space. Yeah. Um, so we actually started off with um, just doing a remembrance mass um, before we had the retreat. I believe it was 2018. We did a remembrance mass and we had, um, you know, the readings were based on it. Father did homilies on it. The, um, the intentions were based on it. And then afterward, we had a little rock ceremony where everyone could write their child or children's, depending on how many they had their name and date on a rock um, and bring it out to our columbarium and place them at the foot of the Virgin Mary. That's right in front of the niche of the, the, um, 
deceased babies. And so um, it was beautiful. And we ha- saw so many people come to this daily mass just for that, uh, that we thought maybe we need something more. And so that's where the retreat came into place. And oh, so, okay. Um, in the email that you sent me, it uh, says, it's Mary's Mantle is an outreach ministry for mothers who have suffered miscarriage. And you've talked about your, your two experiences with that. Stillbirth, infant loss. Um, the, the, I've, I've, I've done a lot of interviews about Rachel's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And that, that, but does this include abortion or would that be something completely different? Is this something that the, the, the person didn't really have any you know, you know, saying, I guess, so to speak, or, or is that a whole different thing? Or can somebody who has lost a, a child through abortion, is, is this their group as well? I think a baby is a baby, yeah. but I don't think that this group is equipped to deal with the true guilt that a mother of an abortion would yeah. have, would have. And I think that, um, people at Rachel's Vineyard are very skilled at being able to work through that sin and forgiveness and coming out the other end, um, versus, the people who have miscarriages or stillbirths or even infant loss, we carry something called false guilt. If I hadn't, maybe I drank too much in the first early weeks, or if I had stopped drinking sodas, or if I hadn't done that kind of ultrasound or just whatever it could be, you find reasons to blame yourself for the child's death. And that's just incorrect. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to get that wrapped around when you're the mother and you're the one that's supposed to care for them. And you're supposed to make all the right choices. And you think, and I mean, I, I went through that when I finally got pregnant with our daughter. It was like I was not having a stitch of caffeine for nine months because there was nothing I was going yeah. to do. You know, and that was extreme. And the boys got caffeine when they were in utero. But <laughs> <laughs> but you have yeah. that kind of sense of false right. guilt. So I do think that there's a place for both ministries. Um, uh, but I do think that if you were seeking um, help from a miscarriage, you'd probably want to to go to something closer to this than um than an abortion retreat. Yeah. Talk about, you You mentioned naming uh, the, the two, and, and my wife and I have suffered five, Claire Rose, Matthew, John, and Joseph, and we, we, we named them all, and we asked for their intercession every night. And I, I think if on our, in our case, it's good for the, 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 our, our three children that we're raising, the three that, that made it, I guess, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, to know that there is that, that connection. So uh, speak a little bit more about that, where you personalize uh, the child by giving it a name. I mean, we don't really know the the gender, and so um, one of them we did, but uh, the other ones, we, yeah. So tell tell us uh, maybe even the spiritual significance of that decision to name the child. Absolutely, we definitely guessed on gender too. There were some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only based on what we felt, right? Um, but it's it's it was always just able for us to be able to communicate with them better too, um, to make their presence real. We were able to have a sonogram of both of them before they passed. So we actually have their pictures on our mantle um, because it's the only picture we have of them. Um, and so it's it's been a great way to ask their intercession. We actually have a really fun story about where we called on St. Christopher when we were going on a trip and it turned out that my husband had put way too much air in our tire and we should have died because we're going up to Arkansas and you know those roads. They're just uh-huh. awful. And, <laughs> and we made it there and back and we said, well, there's your two miracles yeah. you just got. You're for sure in heaven. Like, <laughs> So just calling upon them and our children, um, the older two know about Chris and Catherine and they, um, they also call upon them and they'll say, oh, well, mommy, there's really six babies in our family. And I think it just ought to, you know, it just gives us this really pro-life look yeah. on, yeah. on um, our family um, going forward so that when they we do have to talk to them about things the more difficult like abortion um, we would be able to show them that you know 
life starts at conception, you have these siblings. Mm-hmm. Julie Way joining me. Uh, she is one of the founders of Mary's Mantle, an outreach ministry for mothers who have suffered miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss. They are hosting a free retreat at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Richardson, Saturday, March 26th. So you still have over a month to prepare for this. 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., Mass. Um, the retreat starts at 9, breakfast and lunch provided. What else will happen or, or what, what, how will that, uh, Eve, the retreat flow that day? The retreat is, we try to keep it as low key as possible. We realize this is something, um, very personal that people wouldn't want to like separate into small groups and chat about. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not until you're a little bit more comfortable. So it's very focused on prayer, remembering your child. Um, we'll do rosary stations of the cross. We have a talk from someone who is also lost, um, from a group called Mighty is Her Call. Um, so, um, and then after lunch, we actually put together a type of remembrance craft for you to immortalize your child and something that you can take with you home that you can just remember them. You know, not everyone has a sonogram picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that really helps them just remember to call on their little saint whenever they, they can. Um, the unique thing about this year, the biggest feedback we got from our 2019 retreat was um, the fathers um, were not equipped to do a whole retreat for fathers. Um, one big reason um, being that maybe not all the mothers have a father that could attend with them, and we mm-hmm. didn't want to have that kind of um, difference between the retreatants in case you were a mother who is suffering this alone. Um, and so we have an hour after the Mass uh, where the fathers can go, and they'd actually meet with Father Jason and my husband um, and just kind of have a little, I want to say powwow, but um, men grieve differently than women. Mm-hmm. I think a male's role, even though he's very sad about the loss of his child, is how do I comfort my wife? Yeah. Um, and so kind of just focusing on how can you help your home life during this time? What just how can you care for your wife when she has these moments of complete despair mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, even three six a year later you know yeah so. yeah so that that is the the case for oftentimes is that the the pain never quite goes away right, right? uh yeah that that's that, that's interesting yeah i i remember just with ours it was intense for me personally uh, you know right at the at the time because i just kept thinking about what could have been you know that this would be a child that you know could walk to, to kindergarten or walk down the aisle or you know throw the football with and it's and it, it's very sad and, yes. and it, it really is and so all the more reason when people come together and they can you know you know at, at least be in community of people who have suffered the same loss yes. it's very therapeutic isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and it's very private a lot of people don't like to talk about it and so mm-hmm. um, I can see why people might be hesitant to join the retreat but I do want to encourage um, anyone who feels like they know someone or um, that could benefit from them or for themselves uh, to just to just try to take the day. It's just a day of remembrance. It's a quiet day. No one's going to force you to tell your story or anything um, super personal. It's just time for you to just sit and be with that child that you didn't get to sit and be with. Yeah. Mary's mantle, I think I can guess the kind of like a mantle <laughs> of protection or yeah. tell us why you all chose that name. Um, <laughs> we knew we wanted to be Marian. We knew we wanted to focus on the Virgin Mary. One of the things that... Um, Jenny, one of the founders, really liked was that um, that study where it came on. It was someone had done it like male or like 
your your baby's genes are still inside of you. And so that's why Mary, the Virgin Mary was assumed into heaven. Y'all heard this, like yeah. that there'd be pieces of Jesus and Mary. So she couldn't decompose. She had oh. to go up. Um, and so we kind of like that idea of Mary was a mother even before her child was born. Um, St. Elizabeth, or, you know, acknowledged that this was the mother of my Lord, even though her baby was not yet born. Mm-hmm. So just acknowledging that motherhood without having a physical baby in your arms yeah. um, was kind of where we were coming at for yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Julia Wade here, Mary's Mantle. Uh, let's go. We, we just have a, a few minutes remaining here. The retreat is going to be at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Richardson, uh, Saturday, March 26th. I ran into your pastor, Father J- Jason, uh, at the Catholic Foundation event, had a nice chat with him uh, last Saturday. And uh, what do people need to do? It's free, but registration is required. Well, you can't just kind of show up that day, right? We would accommodate. We'd make it work. But <laughs> Don't encourage them. <laughs> but, <laughs> it would be nice so we could get you a lunch. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, it's uh, tinyurl.com slash raiseusup22. Um, and uh, you could also just go to josephcatholic.org and they would also have the, um, the, mm-hmm. the information there as well. But you do have to sign up. It's very easy. Very little information required of you. Um, yeah. And uh, again, it's completely free. We want to have no barriers to people being able to come to this. Yeah. I, I mentioned, asked at the beginning whether this is something broader than, you know, your group at St. Joseph. Are there any other, did you guys have to kind of start from scratch and kind of create this along? Or are, are, is this something that is happening in other dioceses or other parishes or similar groups? There are definitely similar groups. Um, but this one we developed on our own um, based on what we thought the need of the parish was. And then we developed the retreat on our own as well. But we've had several people ask for our retreat outline in other areas of the diocese and other local dioceses. And we've been just happy to just hand it over to them. So Mm -hmm. if anyone wanted to contact us for that too, we're happy to say, this is how our retreat goes. We'd love for you to just pass it on so that other mothers can benefit from it. Uh, Maybe an odd question, but uh, if like grandparents, like a grandmother, you know, who's, you know, one general removed but she's like this is hard for me too because i lost a grandchild can they come or, or siblings or, i would uh, encourage them to come to the mass okay um i know that there was actually been some grandmothers some aunts who came and not like couldn't be grandfathers and uncles as well but um uh had that came to the mass and did the rocks for their grandchildren that they knew of um that their that their child had had lost so i'm not entirely sure i, th- I mean i guess they could I just don't want to say that it would be amazing for them when I'm not thinking through every detail of the retreat. <laughs> they, can, they can contact you and that, yes. you know, ask. And then. But definitely the Mass um, has, has proven to, sh- yeah. to have um, siblings and spouses and, um, and par- parents. Of- yeah, okay. Uh, do you all do anything the rest of the year other than the retreat? Are there monthly meetings or uh, any, any other ways to connect folks if, if they so desire? They, um, this is the only major activity that we do. Everything else is just social. If okay. they wanted to meet with us and just have a cup of coffee and chat, um, our email is marysmantle at stjosephcc.net. Um, and that's where we have usually um, people contact us. Um, also, just if you know anyone who has had a miscarriage recently and they're confused and don't know what to do, I know a lot of people um, – say they would like to bury their child. That's one of the bigger things that we do throughout the year is get them in contact with our um, funeral coordinator at the church. Mm. And we're able to provide them with the box for the niche and they can have as big of a funeral as they would like, or a small graveside um, burial in the columbarium. Um, We've even had mothers just say, I 
just can't be there. Will you yeah. do it? And I've just stood in place for them and buried their child. So anything, anything goes with whatever your grief process is, and we work with you. Yeah, uh, one one of our uh, miscarried children, Matthew, the one that actually my wife kind of birthed, and we got to see him, and uh, he was cremated, and he's in a little columbarium at our church, and it's just the, the, the strangest thing because our our little son, who's now eight, but even when he was you know four or or, or three. Any special needs, he would just kind of gravitate towards, and I don't even think we ever said, oh, this is where Matthew is, mm-hmm. but he, there was something that drew him to that area of the columbarium. And we're like, wow, that is, there's, there's this connection that, you know, we, we can't quite explain. So there's a lot of cool, you know, connections. And, and it's uh, nice that it's at your parish. You know, we yeah. originally um, buried Chris at Calvary Hill, which is a great option for anyone who um, lives over in East Dallas. Um, but we were just so far from East Dallas being in Richardson that when we got the niche approved by Father Jason, we actually moved him over with um, Catherine at the same time. And it's just so lovely to just walk in there and say hello to the babies with our living babies yeah. and and chat with them and then go off to mass. You yeah, know? yeah. So. Communion of saints. It's also <laughs> you know I, I talked about abortion before. It's a, it's a great way to teach your kids about the, the pro life because uh, when we had little Matthew and we took him to the columbarium, my my then six year old daughter came with me. And she had to literally hand Matthew over, and she just got so emotional. And, and I just said, well, you know, if anybody ever tells you that a 10-week-old baby in the womb is a you know, you know blob of tissue, I said, no, because that baby was defined. Sure. It had fingers and toes and, I mean, tiny, tiny little thing. Uh, so a lot of good. Thank you for what you're doing. This is a, a really, really important ministry. And, again, I just want to invite everybody to uh, check out uh, – yeah, to tell us the website again with the information. Um, tinyurl.com slash raiseusup2020. All right. The, the retreat is going to be Saturday, March 26, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And this is for mothers who have suffered miscarriage, stillbirth, infant loss – and Julia Wade, along with two other ladies, are the founders. It's called Mary's Mantle. And this is going to be at St. Joseph Parish in Richardson. Uh, anything else you want to say before we let you go, or did we pretty much cover it? I'm going to say the ladies' names are Jenny and Young. Okay. And they, <laughs> they've also, um, I've experienced very early miscarriages. Um, yeah. Jenny lost her four-day-old son, oh, wow. um, David. And so she's kind of our go-to person for when we have um, someone who's gone at that kind of a loss. And then also, um, Young had one more like your Matthew. She's had several miscarriages, but one where she could define and she she was able to bury Clement in his own area, actually, in our niche, in our columbarium. So we've kind of got the gamut to help wherever is needed. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks to the both of them, Jenny and Young, and also to you, Julia, as well. Thanks for coming in. Great to see you again. Uh, Hope we can do this again next year when the, the next retreat comes along. And so we're going to take a break. I'm leaving. Uh, and I don't know what Mark's going to do. Uh, Mark's <laughs> going to stay or leave. He can decide that. Hold on to your hats, guys. We'll find out. Talking about something at his parish. It'd be kind of rude for him to leave. I'm just having fun watching you guys. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a couple of wonderful gentlemen from St. Patrick Parish in Dallas. Uh, my alma mater. I went to grade school. I love it. And uh, we're going to talk about their spring festival. It just happens to be right around St. Patrick's Day. That must be a coincidence. Mm, must be. All right. This is a good news show. Uh, Cecil will take it over from here. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back.
Join Nolan Catholic High School for their annual gala on Saturday, February the 26th at 6.30 p.m., located at Live by Lowe's. For over 41 years, this event has brought current parents, alumni, parents of alumni, grandparents, faculty, staff, and friends together for an evening of fellowship and fun while raising much-needed funds that benefit the school and its students. The theme this year is Masquerade with a Mardi Gras twist. Dress as cocktail attire and Masquerade masks are optional. To purchase tickets, visit nolancatholic.org. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardo Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. You're invited to an evening with Sister Norma Pimentel, Thursday, March 10th, 7 p.m. at Jesuit Dallas. Sister Norma, one of Time Magazine's most influential people of 2020, is a tireless advocate for refugees and currently serves as Executive Director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley. Tickets are $25 and all proceeds benefit St. Mary of Carmel Catholic School in West Dallas. For more information, visit smcschool.org. That's smcschool.org. This is Tony Beshera. My wife, Chris, and I own Babbage & Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babbage & Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face -face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999 or you can find us on the web at Babich, B -A -B -I -C -H, dot com. And welcome back. And welcome back to the Good News Show. This is uh, Cecil Anderson taking over for Dave Palmer. We did a little bit of musical chairs when he ran out and I took over in his chair. All the inside mm -hmm. baseball that happens on live radio that makes it extra exciting. Um, but I'm very excited for the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so of our program today to be talking about an event that's coming up just around the corner on March 12th at St. Patrick Catholic Church. Uh, they're having a spring festival. I think this is so cool because usually we have a lot of fall festivals, uh, the parish is put on, uh, you know, in the early fall months. And uh, this one's kind of new, a, a spring festival. And of course, it's falling really close to St. Uh, Patrick's Feast Day. So uh, lots of exciting things to talk about. And we have two people on from the parish who are going to be discussing this. Uh, Greg Signal, the chairman of the St. Patrick Catholic um, Church Spring Festival. So kind of a big role and a might know a thing or two about this event, as well as Janet Gravinsky, who is the chair of the parish council at the parish. So welcome to both of you. Thank you very much, Cecil. Thank you, uh, wonderful. Uh, thank you all for coming on and joining us and talking about this. So it's March 12th, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, it's going to, uh, I, I like that you wrote that, the, uh, Andy, who put this together for us, uh, that uh, Father Charles, the pastoral administrator at the parish, wants everyone to get together after the craziness of the last two years and kind of, uh, you know, not only celebrate as a fam parish family, but also welcome in the neighbors, uh, all the uh, the community uh, to kind of introduce the parish to the community. And uh, I think that's a really beautiful aspect of these kind of large parish events that are happening. Um, I want to start with uh, Greg, since you're the chairman of this event, uh, talk a little bit about how this idea for doing this spring festival came about. 
Oh, it looks like we might have lost them. So let me, I will just talk amongst myself for just a minute. So we'll get them back in just a second. Um, but, uh, it's, I guess it's kind of convenient that Mark is still here and you're a parishioner here. So out of curiosity, uh, did you, are you involved so far? You do a lot of the music at the parish. So I am a cantor. And I am not involved with this particular event, but I will, of course, be there. Attending, yeah. There's lots of, it looks like a lot of things. So let me go over some of the uh, events that are going to be happening throughout the day. It's going to start with the 10 a.m. Mass to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Um, and it's going to be celebrated by the bishop. So that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also going to be opportunity for res- reconciliation throughout the day. And, oh, looks like we got them back. <laughs> Always exciting with Sorry live radio. Too, no though. worries. It happens. So, Greg, I don't know if you heard my question or not, but I'll just repeat it. But I wanted you to uh, hey. kind of just talk about how the idea of this spring festival came about. And is this the first one that you all are ever doing? Well, no, this is going to be considered our first annual uh, spring festival. And the way this came about was um, three of my dearest friends, uh, Ed Evidente and Bobby Lonergan and Andy Eller and I were sitting around talking one evening and I just mused, well, when are we going to get our fall festival festival together again? And Andy said, well, Greg, what, what would it take for you to, to take on that task to, to run it for <laughs> us? And I said, well, you know, we, we haven't had, adult beverages at any of our festivals in many years so i guess that would be it if you get that <laughs> if you get that online for us then then i'm game so he comes back a couple weeks later sissel and he says all right greg i have some good news and some bad news and this was in november and he says good news is we're gonna have adult beverages <laughs> bad news is it's not in the fall it's going to be in the spring and father charles wants it to be after our namesake. So we want to celebrate around St. Patrick's Day. So that's how it started. My goodness. Well, that's a great story. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't have a St. Patrick's Day celebration without ad- adult beverages. You know, <laughs> it kind of follows along with it. <laughs> um, and so, uh, Janet, bringing you into the conversation, um, as the chair of the parish council, obviously you're going to probably have a lot to do with this as well. Do you want to kind of go over? There's a lot of things that you all are. I, it's very, very ambitious, especially considering you've just found out about it in November that you're going to be doing this. Um, but there's a lot of yep. things from food trucks to dancing and music, but also a lot of spiritual aspects to it as well. Can you go over kind of some of the highlights of what can what's going to happen that day? Absolutely. Thank you, Cecil. I just wanted to point out that we have always done a harvest festival here at St. Patrick's Church, but this year, trying to reconnect all of our parishioners with the neighborhood, we've invited um, our bishop to join us actually for our feast day uh, on or around March 17th, which as you know, this year is March 12th. And so it's a combination of what we used to do in the fall and what we used to do in the spring, repackaged as our spring festival. Um, And as you said, we have both spiritual and a lot of fun uh, planned for that day. First, we'll start with 10 a.m. Mass in our sanctuary. And as you mentioned earlier, that will be celebrated by the bishop. And then we are going to also offer reconciliation um, from noon to 5 p.m. So anyone that wants to make a confession can do that with priests present. And then we also have a, a church ministries fair tent where different ministries and service programs throughout St. Patrick's will have representatives there to talk to parishioners and neighbors and let them know what's going on. For example, the St. Vincent de Paul Center and our Catholic Charities 
truck that comes once a month, and various other outreach programs that we have in the community. Um, now for some of the fun. We've got a main stage with a DJ, live bands, and some cultural folk dancing. And actually tonight is the talent audition show Ooh. where um, a small group of very selective people will decide what is going to be on our show. There'll be singers, bands, magic, dancing, even maybe some comedy acts. Um, as Greg mentioned, we'll be having a beer garden and a wine cellar and, of course, food trucks from around the restaurant area. Um, we also have a kid's zone planned, everything from a choo-choo express to a glitter tattoo and balloon artist, some jump houses. We're going to have tabletop tournaments, and you've got to hear these names. The Blarney Blocks, <laughs> Emerald Stacking, Dublin Dice, and Shamrock Stick Springs. And then we're going to have some races, again, Fanatic, the Leprechaun Rally, the Brogue Balloon, and Shillelagh Golf. That's and then awesome. we're going to end it all with contests for Pot of Gold, Tic Tac, Celtic Cookie Challenge. We've also got a cakewalk. We've got a zip line. We've got a cow bounce house. There's going to be something for everybody. That is awesome. And that's what's, uh, you know, beautiful about these uh, big parish events that are put on is uh, that it's something for all the whole family. You got, you know, you got the, the beer and the wine for the parents. You've got the music and the, the talent shows. By the way, I, I, pro I was considering it for a split second. I'm like, I could show up at that talent audition tonight. And then I was like, never mind. That would not be a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, I was looking over at Mark Lowe, who's in studio with us, who's one of your wonderful cantors at the parish. And I was like, you should go, Mark. You could go and uh, do some chant, right? Um, but, uh, uh, I also uh, love that you all have this mission, uh, kind of mission statement that you want to share with yes. the community, uh, and I'm going to read it out. It's rooted in the love of the Eucharist, adoration, prayer, and study. We are a, diver a diverse and welcoming Roman Catholic community seeking to know, love, and serve God and our neighbor. Um, so, uh, Greg, if you want to just talk a little bit about um, that, is that, is this a mission statement you all have had for a while, or is it just something you came up with, particularly for this event, just to kind of have that spirit of building up your community um, in the Dallas area and trying to get welcoming new people in um, and how you're going to do that through this upcoming event. Well, Cecil, the, the mission statement you read is actually from 2020. And the, the reason why father Charles wanted to emphasize this mission, especially now is because of all the obvious things we've, we've been enduring not only as people of faith, but as a nation, where we don't quite always know which way is up. Mm. And we, we have a need right now among all of us. And we wanted to put on a festival at our parish to just let our parish know that, yes, we are back and running 100%, and also to the community especially. Um, we're all in need of God's mercy, and we just want to share that with everyone that is within our parish boundaries and anyone else who would like to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's, that's the point, is, is specifically being rooted in the love of the Eucharist is the most important thing for, for all of us. And um, we just want to share that with, with everyone in our community. 
Absolutely. Just want to remind everyone that we're talking about the upcoming St. Patrick's uh, Spring Festival on March 12th from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. at St. Patrick's in Dallas. Uh, it was their, formerly their fall festival, moved it to the spring so they could celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Um, there's going to be a mass, there's an opportunity for confessions, lots of games and live entertainment and food and a ministry fair. And I want to talk about that again in just a moment. Um, talking with uh, Greg and Janet, who are from the par- um, parish. And uh, Janet, uh, you mentioned that there's going to be a full of like uh, of all the ministries that you have going on at the parish which those are always exciting it's always amazing to me how many things that one parish does and uh, it's also a great opportunity so other people know how to get involved in things like that but uh, do you want to just talk a little bit about St. Patrick's and the community that you already have it's been a crazy last two years but the community that you all already have at the parish and you know maybe some things that people would be interested in learning more about uh, if they come to the event if they go to the ministry fair and stuff like that. Of course. Thank you, Cecil. St. Patrick is such a broad and diverse church, and we have a population that reflects that diversity. We are very proud to welcome so many different refugees into our parish and to provide them um, the sacraments and education and, and faith formation, as well as some acclimation services into the community and into being uh, a United States um, resident. Um, but it's more than that. We also celebrate their culture, their languages, and try to make them feel as welcome as anyone that might have even been born in Dallas. Um, we, we have a very strong faith formation program at St. Patrick. It's a whole family faith formation program where the parents and the children study together the, um, the lectionary and the themes of that uh, season, that liturgical season. Um, We also have um, a very strong RCIA program. Those candidates and catechumens are preparing themselves now to make the decision of whether they will join the church at Easter Vigil. Um, We also have a very strong um, spiritual aspect to various parts of our ministries. We have support groups. We have Things like our circles, um, I partic- I'm specifically am a member of the St. Bernadette Circle, and it's uh, groups of women that gather together to serve the church in various ways. And speaking of service, we have so many different ways that our parishioners can get involved, uh, whether it's sitting for an hour in adoration with our Lord, or whether it's helping with uh, various parts of the liturgy as singers and musicians, whether it's um, helping around the grounds, um, in the office. Um, There's just so many ways that our church parishioners can get involved and feel valued and useful in in our community. That's wonderful. Uh, just a couple of minutes remaining with uh, Greg uh, Signal, the chairman of the St. Patrick uh, Catholic Church Spring Festival, and Julie Grabinski, sorry, Janet Grabinski, the uh, chair of the parish council. And uh, we're talking about this upcoming uh, very exciting spring festival on March 12th from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I believe masses at 10, p- at 10 a.m. with the bishop. So uh, lots of things to do that day. Uh, in the last couple of minutes here, uh, Greg, I wanted to have you maybe go over some of the logistics 
again with people listening um it, how, it do they need to make sure that they bring cash with them there how does it is it are there you know the, obviously there's food trucks they'll have to pay for things there um some of those kind of logistics and just remind everyone that this is an event for the whole family it's a great thing we have a lot of great fall festivals but it's not of any spring festivals and sometimes the things that surround saint patrick's day aren't always the most wholesome for all families you know what i mean so something <laughs> like this is a great opportunity to take the whole family out and have a fun day as the weather gets a little bit warmer so if you want to go over those logistics again yeah it's, that's absolutely yes we'll have point of sale service for if you wish to use a credit card and of course you can pay in cash and we're going to have uh wristbands for children so they can just pay a flat fee of $15 uh, and wear a wristband and be able to participate in most of the activities. Um, the cakewalk that we'll have will be one ticket and um, we'll be able to I lost my place, Sissel. <laughs> no worries. Where am I? <laughs> <Could be. laughs> you're, hopefully you're Thank in you. Texas. No, <laughs> yes, we are in Texas. Um, so the logistics are relatively simple. Um, it's it's as any other typical fair car, school carnival anybody goes to, so it'll, it'll work basically the same way. But uh, we're offering babysitting service around 5.30, where most of the activities will be closed down then, and food will continue to be served, and we'll have a main stage where music and bands will be playing throughout the rest of the evening until 8 o'clock. Um, so we'll have babysitting for those who wish to enjoy that time together. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for coming on and talking about this upcoming event. Uh, the website for St. Patrick's is stpatrickdallas.org. And um, you can look there and probably find out some more information. And uh, uh, Janet gave a great overview of the parish, too, if you're interested in getting involved more there as well. But the event is March 12th from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. There's Mass at uh, 10 a.m. It's the St. Patrick Catholic Church Spring Festival. Make sure you come out there and have a wonderful afternoon of fun for the whole family uh, and come out and support St. Patrick. So uh, thank you both again for coming on, and uh, I hope it goes very, very well. Thank, thank you, Sissel. Okay, and that about wraps it up for the show. We're actually going to go over the top of the hour just a little bit, but uh, thank you all for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoyed hearing from all the different groups that we talked to today. And reminder that the car raffle, this is the 